0: Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shack, and this is the prime uh, podcast from the Bros Who Think Network, bitches. Who is it? Yeah, hey, hey. 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 sticks.
1: Hey. Hey. See y'all and let the wild beast in. Ain't way to hide, baby. Hey. This is our season. Hey. What's
0: up guys? LSU is the national champions. We are recovering the podcast. I have been waiting for this day for such a freaking, such a damn long time. Josh (laughs) Simone is joining me as usual. Y'all can find him on Twitter at LSU truth. Josh, how are you doing today? Before, before I go off, how are you
1: doing today? I'm doing good, man. I I know we talked offline. I I think I was up for 48 hours, but you know, I was running on uh, adrenaline and man, it's just, it's just a great time, man. I don't know what else to say. I know you want to get into your spiel, but it's just special, man. That's all I can say. Just a special, special time for LSU fans. <laughs> and, and it is just special. Look, we're going to break down the game, but first we're going to enjoy it. Because, look, we have
0: lived through the years. We we had the dominating 2000s for LSU, where I think LSU is one of the best teams. You know, 2000, to, let's be honest, 2008, you know, 2009, you know, you had that really good team at 11 that didn't accomplish what it should have accomplished. And we've moved past that. We've gone through the bad years. We've gone through the Troy loss. And we're here where we are an undefeated 15 0. Arguably, and it's hard to deny, the best college football team ever. Ever. And look, I'm, I'm not as old as some people that listen to the podcast. And, and you know, I'm not going to try to show my age, but, you know, I, I do remember the 2001 Miami team. That was an incredible team. Look, I remember some of the good teams after that. But you talk about the modern era, what this team did in terms of points, yards. You had the Heisman Award. You had the Coach of the Year. You had the Best Offensive Line, the Thorpe Award, the Blitkenoff Award. You had the best assistant coach in college football. Find a team better than what this team was. And that's something, look, take a step back. You know, we've got time. The championship parades on Saturday. We're recording on a Wednesday. I told Josh, I think my hangover is finally setting. (laughs) You know, I – You know, the the amount of alcohol consumed in a weekend basis was – it was a five-day weekend. All of Baton Rouge, all of Louisiana was in New Orleans this weekend. It was incredible. You know, I I saw people I hadn't seen in a very long time, former athletes. You know, I I saw people that were legislatures at Pat O'Brien's this weekend, and they were having the time of their life. This weekend was incredible, Josh, and it ended with LSU winning the national championship. And you know, if there's one thing I want to say about what I experienced this weekend, and you've been seeing it with the Saints recently, you saw it with LSU this weekend, and what they did in New Orleans is that the party that happened in New Orleans is something special. What that city did, and you know, it's not just the people in New Orleans; it's everyone in the community. It was a state as a whole. It was incredible to experience that, Josh. I enjoyed it. You know it. This weekend and Monday night is something that I will remember
1: forever. Yeah. And it really was that special. And, you know, we really can't put into words how special it it was. Uh, Man, I I think I was telling you offline that when the game was over, it was a different type of emotion for me, the friends and family we had there. It was just completely different than when the Saints won the Super Bowl. It was just – I think everybody understood how special that moment was because – like you said, we can argue it's the greatest college football team ever. And I was older. I'm going to show my age a little bit. I was quite older for that 01 Miami team. I got, I watched them very closely. That was a tremendous football team, and it, it was one of the greatest teams ever. But if I was, if they were both of them teams were to suit up tomorrow and they were, they were going to play. LSU's the, still putting 40 points on them. I think they're putting 40, but the difference to me is I'm taking Joe – over ken dorsey i'm taking the quarterbacks to me separate right there that's the separation and i'm taking lsu to win that game okay so and i watched miami they were tremendous but what lsu went through the the amount of top 10 teams they beat beat alabama away you know every obstacle that was in their way they they didn't just win i mean they they beat most by 20 points or plus it was just a special season man a special time and it's, you know, I, I think it has a lot to do with us, Charles. As soon as we started this this pod, you know, we've been trending in the right direction. Okay? <laughs> so, so we're going to continue to do this pod until LSU falls off the map. All right? So, um, but, man, it's been – it really has been odd, right, Charles? Like, as soon as we started this, LSU has really made a turn. And it's been so much damn fun to cover them doing this pod and doing – I know we both do different radio shows but it's been such a joy and to top it off like that with a national championship win, when you faced a really good team and, you know, we'll get into the game a little more, but man, it, it was so much fun and it's been so much fun. Um, but, you know, now we go into the off season, it's that started, we've seen all the uproar, but I'm going to, I'm not one of them. I'm going to enjoy this for a while. It'll be a month before I really care about anything that's happened in the off season.
0: <laughs> Look, here, here's a stat I saw is that, Clemson is not exact stacks, I don't have the number in front of me, but coming mm-hmm. this game, Clemson and held teams to 150 something yards below yep. their season average. LSU put up 628 yards and they punted seven times. Just think about that, right? That's
1: crazy. That is crazy. Yep,
0: they punted back to back drives twice in this game. You know, they they started out the third quarter and they didn't score. You know, you thought you, you know they deferred, they get the ball, they'd score. You know, they scored at the end of the half. And, and you know, you're starting to feel good about this game because LSU was down 7 0. Then they were down 17 7. And listening to Joe Burrow on Pardon My Take this morning, listening mm-hmm. to you know, everyone in interviews after the game, no one was nervous, no one w- you know was worried that this game wasn't going to go they w- the way they wanted to. They never faltered at all. You know, they, they had the confidence of we're better than them, we need to go out execute play our game and we'll come away victorious like they knew they would and the incredible thing about this game and it's something that I want to talk about there's so many things to talk about because coming into this game you had the naysayers right you had the national media people you know the Clemson people that were saying what about this what about Trevor Lawrence if Trevor Lawrence was going to the NFL this year he would get picked ahead of Burrow Trevor Lawrence went 18 of 37 and he had 234 yards zero touchdowns yeah Joe Burrow was was 31 or 49 with 463 yards and five touchdowns. And that's not even counting what he did on the ground. Joe Burrow accounted for almost all of the 628 yards on offense, except for about a hundred that came in the, you know, 110 came from Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Besides that, it was all Burrow in this game. So that's one, that's one point. You talk about the defense, LSU did whatever they wanted to, you know, LSU put up so many points against these elite defenses this year. The question was, is, Why is that still a narrative? You know, everything that this team has done, the final AP, they beat six out of the top eight AP teams, or five out of the top eight, and there were one of them, right? So really, it's they beat five out of the top seven, which is crazy to think about, you know, because if you take LSU away, then, you know, you're only talking about seven teams, and they didn't play Ohio State, which is one of them, and they didn't play another team. So it's like, to me, it's just crazy that everything this team has done and it's it's hard to step back now and look at it. But, you know, guys like Mike Greenberg did it for me this morning. He made the case, made the point as to yeah. why this team is the best team of all time. They beat the top four preseason poll teams. No team's ever done that, Josh. I, I mean, what this team has done, let's get into breaking down the game. But just historically, I mean, everything that's happened this season, to do it in New Orleans also, to have a guy, Ned Ogeron, do it at home, New Orleans. I mean, it's just, where's the book? Where's the movie? Because yeah. I mean, no. It, I,
1: yeah. I, I was about to say that Charles, it, this will be a 30 for 30, a movie. This will be, it, it, you couldn't write it. I mean, your coaches from the state, you get the the transfer kid. Nobody won it at Ohio state. I mean, it's going to be, they're going to make a movie about this year and it's going to be tremendous, but yeah, just so special, man. God, I think nothing you can go on and on, but we couldn't have wrote it any better, man. I mean, it was just a joy to watch it. Yeah, it, it was
0: it was incredible. I imagine it was incredible for you to watch it. Being in the in the dome was incredible. And, and you know, the crazy thing is, is that, yeah. Look, uh, Clemson probably had about thirty thousand, thirty five thousand guys mm-hmm. or people in there after their. I think they were a lot at twenty, twenty five thousand. They probably had another five to ten after that. But that LSU crowd, it, it was just incredible. You know, they they didn't play neck in the stadium, but the fans did neck. I, I saw <laughs> a, a lady. Who was probably in her 70s and she did the entire neck, you know, curse words and click. yeah, <laughs> And it was like, this is different. You know, this is, this yep. is just one of those nights. And so, look, let, let's go ahead and get into the game. First thing I want to bring up, and it's crazy because this was a point that national guys made, guys that study these guys day in and day out. They made the point that they said, man, AJ Terrell is going to have a really good game tonight. <laughs> Josh, do you think A.J. Terrell had a good game? I mean, I think the only stat I need to
1: tell you is nine receptions, 221 (laughs) yards, and two touchdowns. Real quick on that. So I don't talk about other radio stations, and I don't talk about other places I went. I did a a spot in South Carolina on maybe an ESPN radio station that's close to Clemson, and they countered me with that. I said, you guys haven't seen the the quality of talent at LSU wide receiver yet. It's going to be a rough night. When I say – now, I'm not saying you're not talented and you're not going to make plays but you will see the difference. Halfway through that game, I got text messages from that producer and that host and said, holy moly, you were right. So yeah, they, they were not expecting that to happen. Yeah. You know, look, LSU struggled at the beginning, but
0: I think the thing was, and Joe Burrow talked about this is when he realized that they were going to play man across the board mm-hmm. and, and really specifically on Jamar Chase, that they had an advantage right there. And that's where you saw the first touchdown, his man coverage, Jamar Chase beat his man. And look, Jamar's two touchdowns, it was like – it was similar, you know, routes, right? One-on-one coverage, he dominated there. I mean, look, and nothing to take away from Terrell. Look, he's a good cornerback. He's going to be a good pro and everything. Jamar Chase is just that much better. And guess what, Josh? He's coming back
1: next year. Oh, man, I'm so glad he's coming back. But, yeah, when they, when they locked up man-to-man, that's how much respect they had for, for Terrell. I kept seeing that matchup, and I said, okay, they, you know, they – They love the guy. They respect him. He's been solid all year. And LSU said, I trust my guy more. He's better than your guy. And he won. I mean, it was just just a seven-on-seven matchup there. And both teams said, I I love my guy. We're going to trust him. And Jamar Chase was just better. And he's going to be a fine cornerback in the NFL. But Jamar Chase, he might be a top-five pick in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. And we'll talk about guys leaving where we think they're Mm going to go in the draft because we got some news about that today. But if I'm going to bring up something next, because, look, we're going to talk about Burrow. We talked about Chase. We're going to talk about the rest of the offense. I have to talk about the defense. Clemson was 1 of 11 on third downs. I I mean, a defense that they said, look, they, they got a running quarterback. They've got a good passing attack. They've got good weapons. Yes, look, all of that was true. But if I look at anything, I look at Travis Etienne only having 78 yards on the ground for 15 Mm -hmm. carries. I look at that as being, you know, a a difference maker, right? I look at Trevor Lawrence going 18 for 37. You know, yes, they had some success, but, you know, they really did a good job. And if anything, you know, let's talk about the defense as a whole, and then I want to get into some individual performances. But Mm -hmm. the defense as a whole, I thought, came to play. Yes, you know, they gave up 17 points, but after that, they only gave up one touchdown. Right. You know, and yeah. it, it, the defense to me just played incredible this game. You know, I, I thought Aranda was in his bag. I, I thought the defense since that old miss game, that old miss game, it, it, who knows where LSU would be if they would have won the championship, if they would have made it to the championship. If it wasn't for that old miss game where they dropped yeah. LSU from one to two because it lighted a fire underneath yep. their ass, and, and you could see it, this defense played incredible once again.
1: Yeah. Look, I, I, Charles, you probably remember me saying it. Uh, tweeting it out, and I know you, you talked about it a little bit too, is I I made the point that LSU is going to go two ways with this whole Miss game. They're either going to, you know, sit on the corner and say, oh, man, we're not as good as we thought we were, or they're going to take the challenge on, Aranda and the coaching staff take it on, and ever since that game, I made a statement. I said, we might look back at that game, and that might be the the turning point of this special season for the defense to step up. And when you do, when you look at the numbers, when you look at the performance since that game, like you said, they've been, I think I got to look at the numbers since the championship game, but they were like a top one or two defenses in the country since that moment. So they've really turned it on uh, and played like the defense we kind of thought we had, you know? So, um, and, you know, and they needed that to light a fire up under their ass, like you said. And then and it's, they've played lights out. I just thought the defense as a whole played great after the reverse. And they got those guys to overpursue because they were playing with adrenaline and speed. And I really said after that play, I was like, okay, you know, let's settle down. Let's see what Aranda does. And after that point, I said, okay, it's going to go one way or the other. And it went in you know, LSU's favor. Aranda really settled them guys in, and they played good, solid defense for the rest of the night. Um, so I thought that was big, and the big concept of, of thing that Aranda showed why he gets paid so much money. Okay? He showed it right there on that moment, in that game. He settled that defense in. He made a few adjustments, and those boys went and played lights out. They did. They played lights out, and we'll get into some of the performances.
0: Josh, I thought, you know, if anything, it's that this defense, and there's one guy in particular I want to talk about first, and there's a few others after this, mm-hmm. but I want to talk about Derek Stingley. The mm-hmm. season he's had, they were scared to throw at Derek Stingley in this game. I mean, they tried to attack Kirsten Fulton, yep. which is crazy to think about. Christian Fulton, a guy who's going to be drafted in the first round this year, who is one of the best cornerbacks in college football, they, attacked, okay. they didn't want to touch Derek Stingley. They'd rather go after
1: Christian Fulton, which is crazy to me. Yeah, no, I mean, as that game was unfolding, I was telling some friends of mine, I said, they have literally decided to not throw at him at all. The one reception he gave up, the game was already, you know, it's already decided. It was a little uh, it, it was zoned. Yeah, zon- yeah. Zon- yeah it, it was nothing. But when the game mattered on the line, they did not want to test that kid. Okay, you have the all world quarterback, NFL quarterback, and NFL wide receiver, whatever you want to say you have. Okay, dude, at times I forgot Justin Ross was even on the field. Okay, Derek Stingley locked that man down. Okay, a true freshman, they did not even want to test him, he locked down an entire side of the field. I haven't seen that, I'm just being honest, since Deion Sanders playing football, where you wouldn't even look at that side of the field, you wouldn't even look at it. And he did that as a true freshman. In a national championship game against one of the best wide receivers in the country. Man, he's special. There ain't no way around it. That kid is special. You get me fired up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the point of what I'm trying to do here. Uh, y- y- look, let's talk about somebody
0: else. Let's talk about Patrick Queen. Uh, mm-hmm. He had two and a half tackles for loss. He had half a sack, six solo tackles, eight total tackles. Look, his draft stock, straight up, right? That line is straight up. And, and you know, if anything – I thought we saw something from Patrick Queen, and it got noticed this past, this past game. But he's been doing this all season, you mm-hmm. know? Him and Jacob Phillips. Jacob Phillips had over 100 tackles on the season. Uh, look, it, it's crazy to think about it, and it's something that we talked about this going into the season. Josh and I both said it. Our linebacking core would be better than it was last year, and that's including having a guy like Devin White. He was a first-round pick.
1: They told and, us we were crazy. They told us we were crazy for
0: saying that, did. we weren't.
1: And, and it was.
0: <laughs> And last night, or Monday night, proved it, right? Yep. So, no, it, look, what Patrick Queen did, I just want to kind of talk about the night he mm-hmm. had. I thought, you know, from a very early point that it was like, yeah, you know, Queen's about to have a good
1: game. Yeah, no, I mean, when, when you look at what he did and the way he performed, when you look at the number, I think he had eight tackles, two and a half for loss. Um, it was just, it wasn't so much, you look at the numbers, But when you turn on the film, I had an opportunity today. I put the game on to watch the game again today. Charles, when you turn that film on, he's just all over. He's if he's not making a play, he was going to be the next guy to make the play. He was in Trevor Lawrence's face all night. He was around the ball. He wasn't going to let. Okay, so he knows how important his job was. and I talked about this on numerous shows that for LSU to be successful against Clemson, I honestly thought Patrick Queen would have to be the MVP. The, the type of MVP performance for them to win. And I said that I put it out there and some people DM me and I got text messages. And I said, queen, why, why queen? I mean, I just, I said because of how they're built on offense with Travis ETN and how they use him. I just think queen ha- had to play out of his mind. And I didn't know, you know, I knew he was really good. And obviously we knew he was so talented and he stepped up to the plate. Like, a, I mean, I've never seen, you know, in, in a national championship game for LSU it was just, I mean, he was all over the field making solo tackles when he needed to. A couple times there, Charles, I don't know if you've seen it, Chantree, at the game, but he was the last guy, line of defense. He had to make a couple of tackles on his own, and, I mean, he made sure he got the guy down. Uh, you know, so th- that was just key all night with Patrick Queen. I just loved how he was running sideline to sideline He made sure that he was not going to let Travis Etienne go off. We said that, Charles. I said, if they got to keep him around that 80 to 90-yard range, can, you know, not let him catch, not let him catch eight or nine balls for 150 yards and have 140 yards rushing. If they would have did that, it would have been a long night. But Queen just made sure that he kept ETN in front of him as much as he could, made the play sideline to sideline. And he goes and declares for the NFL draft today. And I, I can't I, what I want to say. I mean, he put that on film on that stage. There's going to be numerous NFL teams wanting him.
0: Yeah, and look in two playoff games, Patrick Queen sixteen tackles, nine stops, four wow. tackles for loss, four pressures, two hit hurries, a sack, one hit, and he's your defensive MVP at the national championship. Josh, in terms of draft, and look, we'll talk about mm-hmm. you know everyone that's leaving, but just for Patrick Queen, to me, I could I could see him late first round because just not because of him, not because of anything else, but because of. Guys coming out in this year's draft, the seniors, the underclassmen, the linebacking depth or linebacker depth isn't really there, right? This year. So yeah,
1: I think that really helps, Queen. I, I could see him being in the first round. Yeah. No, uh, look, when you look at the linebacker depth, you know how normally college football seasons, there's always that one or two linebackers that, you know, the media likes to hype up and, you know, a man tail and, and whoever that is at the time, right? There's always a linebacker. They, they, they make the stories about, but this year has been odd, right? It really hasn't been that stud linebacker nationally. Uh, Chase Young's kind of been a defensive guy they've jumped on. Uh, but yeah, and this is a perfect time. And I know Patrick Queen for a fact has got some grades Has went out there and, and talked to some people and where he would fall. And I think he's doing the right thing. Some people hit me up when he declared and was like, "Man, why is he leaving?" I'm because he's doing the right thing. Okay, I think he. I got him as a second round grade, but I tweeted this out talking to some scouts and they say, "Hey, I'm talking to people in organizations that say they would take Queen if he was sitting there late in the first round. They think he's that talented. He's rangy. He's long. Um, I'm curious to see what he runs his forty in. Would not surprise me if he runs a four or five. You know what I mean? Four six. I, I just think he's got that type of talent. So um, his combine is going to be fun. Uh, to watch because I think he's going to put up some, some, you know, astronomical numbers because he's just, he's just ideal for the NFL. When you you look at white and he was a special, special linebacker for LSU certain things you could tell he was a running back in high school, little short, not, he's not as long. His arms are not as long. He's not as lengthy as queen who in many ways may end up being a better linebacker than white in his pro career Um, just because he he's built for it more so. Well, time will yeah. tell, but I think he's a special kid, and he's going he's gonna to play in the NFL for a long time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Another guy I want to talk about, outside
0: linebacker Caleb mm. Uh Look, his last four games, Josh. Let, let me read these stats from you, uh, courtesy of yeah. Woody Worsham. 20 pressures, five sacks, four mm. hits, 11 hurries, four and a half tackles for loss, and 18 total tackles. Look, he didn't have the biggest game. But he was coming off the edge, and he was putting pressure. And in spots that you don't see it on the stat sheet, Chason was big in this game. And he's been big in, in every single big game. You think about Texas, Bama, yep. Georgia, Oklahoma. He stepped up in all those games. And once again, it's like he's a guy that we thought we were getting when Coach Ogeron was at his house at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, mm-hmm. whatever it was, before he left for Florida to get him to be in that class. And look, I am glad he was there because this guy has been a difference maker. I wish he would have had that one season, you know, where he sat out because of his torn ACL, because you'd be talking about a guy that'd be a first round pick this year, you know? Yeah. But you know, unfortunately did not have that season, but once again, I mean, it's like what he did and even Michael Divinity, Michael Divinity had a sack in this game, right? Mm -hmm. First drive divinity in his pressure is felt from the beginning. It's like, the guys coming off the edge in this game, I think, were big. And I think they were a big reason as to why Trevor Lawrence was 18 for 37 in this game.
1: Yeah, no, he was. I mean, ever since that old Miss game, and he did show up in a Texas game real big. He showed up, you know, in the Alabama game. But there was weeks, remember, we talked about where he, he, he kind of disappeared here and there. But after that old Miss game and what the entire defense did, the entire defense said, you know what, we're better than this. And Chase on really has been, and you look at it as a whole, he really has probably been the, the, the star since that old Miss game. Week in and week out, he's performed lights out. He's that guy that, like you said, he, now he looks like that five-star edge guy that we thought we were going to get. And I, I think it's important to mention, Charles, that when he tore his knee, I think it, he was still – he didn't play that much. So I think when he tore his, his knee this part of first uh, half of the season, he was kind of finding his, his technique and finding his way – People got to remember, this was kind of his first full season. So as he was progressing through the year, you could see him get more comfortable with his playing time. And as we get toward the end of the season, he really found himself. And I think that would have been completely different if he had a whole season under his belt. You know, he kind of would have went through some of them growing pains last year and we would have seen him from a jump be comfortable. But, you know, it happens. He had a torn ACL. But, look, he, he proved to the NFL and to the scouts and to everybody that his knee is good to go. He can play at elite level. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's been I wouldn't. So there's draft grades on him, Charles, that have him in the first round. I've seen him in the second round. He hasn't announced unless he's announced while we were on the pod um, that he's coming out. So that will be one to watch. Um, there is people that are grading him, Charles, in the first round. So um, more in the 20s, more in the 20s, maybe, you know, up in there, high 20s. But he is getting a first round grade by some folks. So I, I'd love if he, if he returned. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, look, I I could see him leaving. I, mm-hmm. Josh, I could see him coming
0: back because I think realistically I, he's looking more like a third round pick than anything. But that's before I think he goes to the combine. Right, when you right. See his speed. I mean, the scouts going to be salivating.
1: You know. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. But, that's a big thing, and, and you've seen him in coverage too, which is a big thing for outside linebackers. And, and that's something with Patrick Queen too. I can't. I've been trying to find the PFF stat. But they had one about his coverage snaps, and it was about what he's done this year. But look, the whole the defense as a whole. Um, I guess let's talk about one more guy before we move on to what the offense did in this game, and that's just Grant Delpit, right? Mm -hmm. You know, forced fumble in this game. Uh, he was really big against uh, Travis Etienne in this game. I I thought Delpit. You know, he's coming out early. His stock is as high as it'll ever be. You know consensus All-American, unanimous All-American, wins the Thorpe Award, is a national champion, has a huge game. Look, Grant Delpit is a guy that's going to be missed, uh, but uh, I thought he came out big in this game
1: as well. Yeah, he's going to be missed. He's, he had to find himself a little bit in this season. I think early on, Charles, he was pressing. You know, he, he got to number seven. He, he felt mm-hmm. like he had to make plays after play, I, and he was just kind of pressing. I think he got hurt, too. And then he gets hurt, right? No, and then he gets hurt.
0: Yes, he gets hurt. But I think he got hurt a lot by the fact that, uh, you know, Todd Harris went out for the season with the ACL injury, Mm -hmm. and he kind of had to switch. You know, he went from playing close to the line of scrimmage, which is where he excels. Like, he had a sack in this game. And and if you watch that sack, that's the kind of Grant Delpit stuff that we like to see. You know, the forced fumble, playing around the line of scrimmage, he had to play
1: deep safety more after uh, Todd Harris went out with that injury. Yeah, no, yeah, that's all good points. That's, that's kind of all what I was, I was getting to there. That, that it's, there were certain things that went on this season where last year, I just they, they just let him play, right? They let him be himself. And this year, he had to be the leader. He had to kind of be the coach on the field. He had to, like you said, and then he had to swap a little bit. It was just kind of an awkward year. But once, once they found Mo Hampton and it allowed him to kind of go back to his regular role, we covered it on the show numerous times. And then you've seen him finding himself. Then he got healthy. OK, on top of the fact that he was going back to his regular self, playing his regular position. And once that happened, we've seen the Grant Delpit that we've we've come to love. And like in this game, you know, he, he uh, forces the fumble, which it, it was just big at that point in time. But, you know, when it happened and, and I've seen him do it, 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 you know, he's become so good at doing things like that. You know, it just becomes a norm. Like eventually Grant's going to get you at some point in time in the game. He's going to pop you. Uh, what was it, Charles, where he, he, he hit the wide receiver in, in the thigh? I mean, really lit him up, T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. And I don't think T. Higgins wasn't quite the same after that. You know what I mean? They seen him leave the field and come back. So just things like that that Grant can, will do for you, you know, he affects the game in so many different ways. And uh, depending on what you look at as far as draft grades, Charles, I know uh, we've talked about this as well, that I've seen him as high as five. I've seen him as as low as 26. So I think he's going to go in the first round. It's going to be need. Who needs a safety? You know, I I figure he might go somewhere around 15-ish, you know, 12, 13-ish, somewhere up in there. I haven't really had a deep dive yet into what the teams need. I don't
0: see him moving past 15 or going Yeah,
1: I I just think he's too good. I don't think a player of that stature, you let him slip that far. I just think he's a playmaker, especially, like you said, on a team right around that spot that they're – They're kind of one or two players away from being a playoff team. I think he's a guy you definitely want to bring in, you know?
0: (sighs) Yeah. Look, look. I think uh, when you talk defensively in terms of guys that are leaving because of, you know, loss of eligibility and or leaving early because, uh, you know, they decided to leave as an underclassman Mm -hmm. or, you know, with eligibility left, um, I think that LSU defensively, realistically, look, if Chason, you know, slips into the first round, has a really good combine, and, and you know, Pat, Patrick Queen gets in there as well, I wish you could have four defensive guys get drafted in the first round
1: this year. Yeah, it's it's highly possible, man, and that's, you know, depending on who else commits. But that's – I think we're going to look back, uh, Charles, at, at this, this draft as it's getting closer. I'll do more of a deep dive, and I know we'll put things out there. Um, man, depending on who leaves and who declares – This is going to be one to keep an eye on for a historic. We know Joe's probably going one, you know, Grant Delpit, Fulton, Chase on my, if he goes, if he declares, you know, I mean, it's going to be one of those drafts. We're going to look back and it's going to be LSU up and down the board. Yeah. Look, and that's
0: not even talking about offensive guys, but let's do that. Let's, let's switch it over. Let's talk about offense. And before we do that, I do want to credit one thing. Cause look, I got on radio and I said this, I talked with uh, on 1420 with uh, Scott Prather about this, and he he asked about special teams. He has the advantage, and everyone said LSU had the advantage in special teams, but Clemson's punter, you know, pinning LSU inside the five in their first two drives, and then a field goal kicker who was, you know, about 50% on the season, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: a 52-yard field goal. I mean, like, I was thinking, like, what the hell's going on, you know? But – Look, Clemson's special team has played incredible, so I want to give them their credit where it's due. I think that was a big reason as to why the offense had a slow start. But let's talk about that, Josh. And look, the offense finally scores. They get that touchdown with Jamar Chase. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow had an incredible game, and it wasn't just what he did with his arm. It's what he did with his legs as well. I thought that Burrow played incredible. It just took them a little bit to figure out what Brent Vittables was doing. And he did something really similar to what Auburn did. And Mm -hmm. Auburn had success. Auburn probably played LSU the best this season defensively. And that was at 3-1-7. You kind of saw that with Clemson. Once they figured it out,
1: game over. Yeah, what I did, uh, I mentioned earlier that I I went and uh, watched the game again. So that's what I was doing. I went to go see what Brent did and exactly. And I kind of slowed it down, uh, you know, checking it out. And looking at a couple of plays over and over again, and if you watched, it really did come with that 3-1-7, Charles. You know, it was kind of opposite of Auburn in, in my eyes, that Auburn had the horses up front on the defensive line to cause the havoc. But Clemson didn't have those those horses, so they, they had more talent on the back end at cornerback and safety with Simmons. So, you know, they blitzed a little more, and they, they were able to get to Joe coming right up the middle when you watch that film that's that's they kind of did the exact same thing as auburn did but their talent was in a different spot so it did take joe a little bit he looked a little frustrated there but when they figured it out man they, they started you know they started to really roll and i thought important for them to figure it out was it was just so i mean that's why they get paid the big money joe brady about to be the oc for carolina was the qb runs charles i was like man that was that was a, a chess move you know what i mean that was the adjustments and when they started to use Joe on, on the straight QB runs, it it just put pressure on those linebackers now, and, and it just helped open things up. They were trying to find little things here and there, and they were allowing that, right? Before in the Auburn game, it was handing it to Clyde, three three defensive linemen. Okay, cool, we'll hand it to Clyde. This game, it was, okay, three defensive linemen. We'll just run Joe until you stop him. So, man, in, in, impressive by the coaches to make those adjustments. And, and look, biggest mistake I think they made was – not switching
0: up coverage. I mean, if you're going to go man the entire game, mm-hmm. you're going to have two receivers go for o- over 100 yards, and that's what happened. As Jamar and Justin both had nine catches. Jamar, with the stat I said earlier against Terrell, uh, nine catches, 221 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> he had an incredible game. Justin had nine catches for 106 yards. Uh, and, you know, I-, I made this point on radio this week, and I-, and I can't remember if I made it on the pod, was that I thought Clyde's impact was going to be big and timely runs. Look, he did it to close the game out. I thought that 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 was big. But I thought his biggest thing coming into this game would be his ability out of the backfield to catch, uh, catch passes. And he had five catches for 54 yards. What, you know, and I want to continue to talk about Burrow a little bit more. But, you know, I think Clyde's going to end up leaving for the draft. And I think he should, you know. You want guys to come back. I know a lot of LSU fans are sad at all these guys leaving. Clyde is one of those guys where his stock is through the ceiling. It, yeah. it, I, I think he it, it would be good for him to leave. I, I think it's the smart decision to make. Um, you know, I, I don't want to force his hand on anything, but I think it's what he should do. But here's what I want to ask you, Josh, is mm. what will LSU lose? and And how good has Clyde been this season? Because, look, I think we'll end up doing like a season recap, but just in this game alone, Clyde's impact was incredible, whether it be pass blocking. And that's something that doesn't show up on a stat sheet, but there were multiple plays rewatching the game where I saw it and was like, Clyde picked that guy up. And if he wouldn't have, it's a sack, it could be an interception or it's a fumble. And I just thought Clyde's impact throughout the entire game was giant.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Okay. So I heard something today. I listened to, um, baton rouge radio for a little while today and so clyde was on 91 percent of the snaps today i mean in the, in the national championship game okay i think they said he took almost every snap besides like three okay chris curry took a couple um i think it was jacob hester said that that is unheard of a running back don't take that many snaps in a game like that you know it don't matter who it is they will rotate guys in they love Clyde so much and he they love him to the point where he can do every single thing every aspect of the game he's good at okay and like Jacob Hester said he didn't do that Leonard Fournette didn't do that Darius guys they rotated guys that were you know better at pass blocking or catching the ball at the backfield and Clyde has become so good at all areas and all phases of the game that he basically took every single snap at running back in the national championship game and like you said he was so important on some of them drives to get the first down and caught five balls out the backfield, you know, had toward the end of the game, they ran him and he runs so hard. How many guys miss? And you talk about draft stock, Charles. I mean, I think right now in that NFL team, you know, franchise can turn that on. He did that against NFL guys on the field. He played every aspect. Like you said, he passed blocked. He caught balls out the backfield. He ran the ball. Well, Charles, he's, he, he needs to leave. You know what I mean? And If I'm giving him guidance, he, he needs to go pro because he's going to get taken pretty darn high for a guy that at the beginning of the season, a lot of people didn't think he would be the starting running back halfway through the the year. You know? We we ate Crow because we
0: thought that one of these freshman running backs was going to come in and cement themselves. They didn't play in this game.
1: Right. They didn't even put him in, and that shows you the respect that that Clyde has from the coaches, and he was just able to put it all together in this national championship game and put that on film and show how, man, how just vast the vast things he can do and how important he is to to LSU um yeah and I when you look at his stock and his ability it's just it's just kind of speechless man he, he's a type of guy that when you break it down man when you really look at it Charles and at the top running backs in the country if I was starting a team You know, I know you got an ETN. I know, you know, but Travis sometimes struggles at at catching the football. And you got Johnson Taylor, Wisconsin. But, you know, he ain't great out the backfield at certain things at pass blocking. It'd be hard for me not to take him on my team if I was starting a team tomorrow in college and I needed one running back. You don't have to worry about it. He can do everything for you, and he does it at a high level. There's going to be an NFL team that's not going to – they're not going to pass that up. And he's going to go to, you know, a a good offensive team in my mind. Somebody's going to steal him in the second round probably or maybe late first wherever that goes but somebody's going to get a steal with with Clyde yeah look
0: I I think Clyde is an NFL running back in terms of what the NFL is doing look at the guys that catch the attention yes look uh, a guy like Zeke is huge but the best running back in football right now in the NFL is Christian McCaffrey and
1: that's what Clyde is that's what Clyde does right I mean he's the same exact version pretty much he's a little bit thicker a little bit shorter but he is that's what he does and man, yeah, he's going to be – he's going to find a, a nice little spot somewhere in the NFL. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you.
0: And it's just – it's hard to – you know, we've been doing this podcast for a few years. It's hard to just take a step back and just take it all in. I mean, there, there was so much media and stuff and, and taking it all in at once. And I, I, I'm still going back right now and just looking back on things. And, you know, I, I, it's hard to not only just think about the game, but then think about the season. That a guy like Joe Burrow had. Yes, he won the Heisman Award. You talk about his story, but Josh, in this game, he broke the record for the most passing touchdowns in a single season—a record that I don't think anyone thought would be broken. Burrow broke it, Josh. I don't think anyone's going to ever eclipse sixty touchdowns in the
1: air ever. Yeah, when you look at—I'm uh, not sure, correct me if I'm wrong. Did he was it Colt Brennan? He broke. Was yep. that a, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember and, that year clearly at, at Hawaii. I mean, he was slinging a ball in the field. But you kind of expected that from those, those teams at the time. It yeah. was just, and you know what I mean? He did it in Hawaii. Hawaii, right. Not to
0: take anything yeah. away from what yeah. Vernon did, but his record no one ever expected to be broken. Right. And, and And Joe Burrow did that against some of the best defenses in the country, five of the top eight final AP teams, and he – what? I mean, you know, <laughs>
1: right. incredible the season that he had. Yeah. I mean, for him to be able to, like you said, eclipse 60 touchdowns and like, and, you know, I, I clearly remember watching Colt in that season and it was just kind of like, well, it's Hawaii, but it was fun. It was a fun season for Hawaii. They had a good team, but I just remember thinking back then, like you'll never see that at, you know, at LSU, Alabama, Florida, just because the, the, the skill level is so high. And for him to eclipse that it's just unbelievable. I mean, it, like you said, against all this top tier competition, and his, and his accuracy is unreal against this level of competition. So, I mean, the season that Joe, we could do a whole show. We probably need to do a whole show on just what he did for this season, because it's no, and, it really, it really is that special, man. And
0: look, Clemson had a good defense, you know, they come in with the best defense and all this crap, you know, right. <laughs> and here's, something, here's something to think about. And, and this is a, a testament to LSU's defense as well. Passes to Higgins and Ross, the two best receivers at Clemson, Lawrence was eighteen eight eight for 22. Eight for 22. Burrow passes to Chase and Jefferson. He was 18 for
1: 27. That's the difference.
0: And remember, LSU had poor field position to start the game out. You know, you look at the score, you know, LSU doesn't score uh, on the, you know, until the end of the first quarter. And it was really, you know, it's just crazy to think about that. LSU probably could have scored another 14 points if they didn't start
1: within their own five in the first two drives. Yeah, no, I think they could have. And they, and look, at the end of the game, let's just be honest, they kneeled it. LSU was about to put 49 on the board and they could have uh, pretty easily. So, But we said it before the game. People asked me, what's the two key things that LSU had to do on defense? I thought, depending on how you want to be, 1A, 1B was with Stingley and Fulton matching up against Higgins and Ross. I thought that was... One of the keys, and then keeping Travis Etienne. And I said Patrick Queen and that linebacking core, keeping him in in, in front of you, not letting him have a big game. Uh, and look, I, I said it: the Higgins and Ross, they're going to win some, and Higgins won some. They they kept attacking Fulton, but at the end of the day, I just thought that LSU's DBs had proved it that they were going to win more than they lose, and that's what happened in this game. They eventually caught up with him. You know, tr- Trevor Lawrence, like you said, we said he had eight, I think eight completions, or um, to them two guys and they didn't even pick on Stingley at all like we said I mean he literally shut down the guy he was on all night so um eventually LSU could play defense to that as they kind of seen how the game was going and then you know obviously they were able to get pressure on Lawrence all night they were in his face you know hitting them It, it it was just an overall complete performance by those guys yeah look I mean if I as
0: a Saints fan when the draft comes around and you stay at 24 you don't make a a Mike Dick a trade or, you know, <laughs> to get Joe Burrow, which, hey, Sean Payton, and Mickey, let's let's get Burrow. But, uh, <laughs> right. you know, I, I take T. Higgins, absolutely. I mean, he's a physical guy. He, you know, he runs really good routes. He's got speed. Mm-hmm. Saints, another you know, a number two receiver. I, that's the guy I would like, you know. Yeah, he's, he's like very
1: it. good. Yep. But
0: Josh, so, look, we talked a little about Jamar Chase. You know, we, we talked about the receivers. And this is maybe something to go back on. Later, But, you know, Justin Jefferson set the record for the most receptions at LSU, a record that may be broken, but probably not. You know, Justin Jefferson is is um uh, man. His name is not coming up, but he's like the receiver from the Rams. Um, You know that he just catches everything. His hands are incredible. But you also talk about Jamar Chase. Yeah, look, he won the bullet looking off. But did Jamar Chase maybe have one of the greatest receiving seasons ever. I mean, he put up 221 yards against Clemson. It's the most in the national title game. It's the first player in SEC history with 20 reception touchdowns. I mean, do we see that ever getting broken? SEC's single season record of 1,780 yards. Mm-hmm. And he had 40 receptions for 849 yards and eight touchdowns versus top 20 pass defenses. Yeah. I mean, this receiving core, and look, Terrace Marshall had a touchdown in this game. Terrace Marshall had a really good season. You have to remember, he got hurt. Otherwise, he would be up there with, with Jefferson and Chase. And it's just crazy to think about. Look, these guys put in so much work this offseason, and it showed. You talk about what Burrow did, even with guys like Thaddeus Moss and Clyde in this game, the timing. You know, you could see that this team worked together whenever the coaches weren't around. Because, look, there's restrictions on how much the team can work with coaches in the offseason. Burrow was with these receivers seven days a week this summer. And that's why the timing was incredible, and you saw that in this game where look, guys were covered, but the ball was placed perfectly where only a receiver could make a play, and 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 Joe let his receivers make plays. So not only do I, Josh, I want comments on the receivers, but even a guy like Thaddeus Moss, and yeah. I know you talked about him a lot. You you said yep. that was the X factors. Yep, huge, huge, two, yep. two touchdowns, receptions. I, I, I look, everything about this offense, the weapons they showed out, and I, I. I have to watch the game again, Josh. <laughs> like, and when we're finished, I'm going to watch it again because it's hard to just take everything that happened. Look, they put up 42 freaking points in a national championship 10 years ago. If, if I would have told you that, would you believe me?
1: No, I mean, I, no. <laughs> I would have not. <laughs> I would have been like, what, what, what? 10 years ago, Les Miles, the coach, I have been like, well, yeah, he's probably gone by now. So, uh, no, I wouldn't have believed it. And it it, it really is, you talk about the wide receiver play and what Chase did this season. You know, that's kind of why I want to embrace it all. Like you said, I got to go back and really look at it all. I want to compare some seasons just because I want to – I know it's special, you know. And I think about a guy like Jerry Rice, what he did at Mississippi Valley State, and you look at some film he had and the gaudy numbers he put up. But he did it at Mississippi Valley State. So that's when you got to really appreciate what Jamar Chase – has done against high-level, you know, a lot of NFL competition. It, it, it really was, you know, just special to watch the other night. And you mentioned that. You can tell that these guys, did thousands of reps, man, thousands of reps on that, on that touchdown throw on the right sideline. He dropped it in a bucket, man. And he just, you can tell that Joe put it in a spot, and they, he's put it in that spot thousands of times, and Chase went and got it. The one that Chase dropped, you know, now he dropped the touchdown. Same thing. Joe put it in a spot, and Chase just it looked like the lights got him or something. He was there. Um, he just didn't – I don't know what, what happened there. I think maybe the ball got caught in the lights on him or something. But that, that was another one. And just what, what he was able to do in this game was kind of a culmination of everything, like you said, all the work, all the time put in. Because early on, there was some tight windows there. But Joe was making the throws. You know, he was trusting that my guy's going to win these battles because we've done this 10,000 times, okay? And he was going to put it in a spot, and his guys were going to go make plays. And you think about Terrace Marshall, it's a shame because Terrace Marshall kind of gets a quiet guy. He kind of gets overshadowed. He's not the guy that does a lot of dancing or anything, but he's a stud. And And he can't. Right, right. He can't, but, you know, I'm not going to (laughs) call him out, but. But uh, he's the type of guy that next year he's really re- – he's a guy that's going to be on a national level next year because, you know, it's Chase and Marshall's the other guy. As long as he doesn't get hurt, I mean, he's going to have a, a big year. That, I mean, you know, it's kind of early on, but if he, if he can leave for the draft this year, I think there'd be talks to him going to first. He's just a big, rangy wide receiver. You've seen him catch a ball in the end zone in a national championship game. He can go up and catch, catch it. Um, and, you know, I just I just think he's got that type of talent. He was, I think, the number one wide receiver out of high school, if I remember right. So, um, you know, Marshall's another guy. And what J- Jefferson's done, um, I just, man, you know, what they were able to do in this game, it, like I said, it's just a culmination of everything that these guys have done all season, all off season, the Joe Brady effect. Because um, I, I like the fact that they got tested in this game. You know what I mean? They really got pushed where they had to make some adjustments, but they were able to overcome it and score 42 points, like you said, and really should have had 49 points. Um, Chase even drops a touchdown. So if we weren't backed up into the five-yard line, like you said earlier, you know, I think this score could have been even worse. LSU would probably got off to a little bit better start. Uh, But, yeah, man, you know, just what else can we say? It's just special. And here's something to put this in perspective, especially with the receivers. LSU's record – for
0: touchdowns in a season, was set by Dwayne Bowe at 12. Twelve, right. Three receivers broke that <laughs> record. And Jamar I've had seen 12, it. Justin had 18, and Terrace Marshall had 13. Just an incredible season all around that the receivers had. Look, I mean, this, this team as a whole, you know. And we're going to slowly wrap up. We'll talk about guys leaving and stuff. But, you know, here's, here's another thing. that Shea put this out earlier today. LSU's defense against the top five quarterbacks they faced. Lawrence was 18 for 37, 234 with zero touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, 15 for 31, 217 yards, one interception, zero touchdowns. Jake Fromm, 20 of 42, 225, one touchdown, two interceptions. They they faced Love, who was 15 of 30, 130 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. And then Tua was the one guy that had a good game, and and he was right above 50% with one pass of 21 of 40, for 418, four touchdowns and an interception. You know, Tua is the only person that completed more than 50% of his passes against LSU. Yeah, when when
1: you no, when, when you look at that that list though, you know what I mean? Just let's I'm going to give some re- respect to Tua. I think he's a special talent. And I think he still goes probably top 8 or so in a draft cuz he should. That kid's special, you know, and he he really is that good of a quarterback. So, yeah, LSU's defense was able to do that. To so all those guys, when all year all we heard was oh, LSU don't have a defense. When you when you start looking back at really the entire scope of it, man, LSU's defense was uh, was pretty damn good. Okay, so they were able to do that to a lot of guys that are going to be playing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look,
0: I, a lot of those guys are going to be playing on Sunday, and yeah. you know, Aranda and this defense are going to have the stats to prove that they were able yeah. to accomplish what a lot of teams weren't, Josh. Give us some closing thoughts about the national championship before we talk about some guys that are heading out.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, we could probably, like I said, do a whole show on everything that happened that night. Um, man, just that game at a whole, I think it really showed LSU, this team, and what Coach O has really put together. You, you got to look at certain parts of it and say what Coach O was able to do to get those right pieces and parts to get us here, Okay. Um, I tweeted something out last week, I think. He went and got a transfer quarterback, okay, and he said Joe won the job. He let two of his quarterbacks leave and go to other programs. Uh, that was big. Look at it. We, he ended up bringing in the greatest, probably the greatest football player that's ever played at, at LSU, okay? He did that. He took risk. He let two guys transfer out that he recruited, you know, went with the transfer quarterback. He goes into JUCO and gets himself a tackle. Goes into JUCO and gets himself a guard, uh, one of the best guards in the country in, in Lewis. He goes and gets Thaddeus Moss, who most people, when I talked to him, were like, "Man, why is this guy even on the team? Man, he's useless. He's he's hurt all the time. You know, I heard he's got a bad attitude, and that's why you don't want to believe everything you hear. Look how huge Thaddeus Moss was down the stretch for this team, especially the, the second half of the season. Like you said, when Marshall got hurt, he became that other guy, that other weapon, and his blocking ability. Okay. He went out and got these guys, took a guy like Stingley, number one player in the country. We get all that. He said, This guy's good enough. He's gonna start at cornerback for us at LSU. Okay, goes and gets a guy like Joe Brady from the Saints, 29-year-old kid. And he's gonna we're gonna trust him enough to run this spread and and change our offense because that's what we need to do. Here you go, kid. Change the offense for us. That takes a lot of cojones to do that as a coach of a program like LSU. Because you know, Charles that you'll get fired in a second. Okay, that you get fired pretty quick if it doesn't turn out right, and it's because all the money. It's a big business, you know. Uh, So, and
0: and, and look with with the Canada hiring, and then having to go back to Innsminger, Coach O almost fell into the hole. Yep, he did. It was that Georgia the game that that's when you knew that there's something special going on in this program. Yeah, it it, it, accum. You know, it, it capped off on Monday night.
1: Yeah, it all just seeing it kind of all come together on Monday night. is kind of where I was wrapping it all up with is, is you take all those pieces and all those all those moves that where look, I'm not gonna lie to you. There was some of the moves I'm like ah okay, you know I, I'll trust. Oh, I, I like him as a coach. And now when you see all the pieces kind of come together all season and they mesh together perfectly, you know I, I don't think I'll ever question ever question him again as far as if he thinks that's the right move. That's what we need to go with because what he was able to do to go get a kid from Ohio to play quarterback, go get a 29 year old guy down the road uh, for the saints that's serving coffee to run the offense. You know what I mean? I, he says, I don't care if I've got five-star running backs. Clyde Edward G. is my running back. I want him to play. He's going to play and that's how it rolls. And it all ended up working out, man. So that's kind of, when I think about the national championship, I think of all those different situations that happened to get us there and when you break it down into small little pieces like that and you look what had to happen for us to get there, it's, it's a movie. Okay. So it's going to be a movie. Cause that's, that's just insane, man. But uh, it was good times, man. It, it was a fun, fun season, fun game. And, you know, just overall, you just want to give a shout out to, to the team, Joe, this offense, Joe Brady, Joe uh, Joe and what he was able to do and how he's, represented LSU and you know the entire organization all season I think of something real quick I'll end on this I think of something the other day I think about Ryan Day I think about uh Dabo Sweeney and those guys getting up on the camera and kind of politicking for their team at the number one spot and saying you know well we deserve this and Ryan Day saying you know we're we're getting screwed out of this and we should Coach O got up in front of the camera and said I don't care where you put us I really don't give a sh- where you put us. We'll play you in a in parking lot and we're going to beat you, man. I think about that and where we ended up. That's the guy I want running my program. Okay. When I looked, I, when I seen Ryan day doing that and dabble, I'm like, man, I mean, I don't, you know, that's, that's cool. And all. I'm glad he's back in his team, but I'd rather my coach, like coach O said, I don't give a sh- where we play. We'll play in Canada. We'll play you in a parking lot down the street. We're going to beat you. So, uh, Yeah, man, it's just, you know, I'm glad Coach O, you know, it worked out for LSU and Coach O, and I'm glad, he, you know, he's he's a coach of LSU. Yeah, look, we were going to talk about
0: guys leaving. I think you all know who's leaving. We'll do a recap pod. We'll talk some recruiting in a couple of weeks. But let's end it on this. Look, Joe Burrow versus Clemson's Blitz, and Joe Burrow against the Blitz all year has been incredible. Against Clemson's Blitz, he was 14 of 20 for 250 yards and three (laughs) touchdowns. Not only did Burrow have a great season, but the coaching staff had a great season. The offensive line, you had a Thorpe Award. You had a Bullick Pinoff Award winner. Look, if if Jamar Chase isn't on this team, Justin Jefferson probably has 20 touchdowns. Or or Mm -hmm. maybe a guy in Terrace Marshall has more. You know, you think about everything that this team had, and it was special. From a, a senior, you know, a guy that got his master's degree in Joe Burrow, to a freshman in Derek Stingley, who was the best freshman this year, and who should be wearing seven for the next two years, in my opinion. This team is incredible. Just to put it in perspective, what LSU did before they got to the playoff, they beat the number six, the number seven, the number eight, the number 14, and the number 25 team in the final AP poll. Then they go and they beat the number two and the number 14. And that's not even counting a Texas team that had so many injuries that they fell out of the top 25. But hey, they still won a bowl game, right? You talk about what this team did. And undoubtedly, in my mind, LSU going 15 0 setting all the records they did, winning the awards they did, and then winning a national championship is ultimately the best team that college football has ever seen. And you may never see a better team. Look, I'll tell you this, LSU fans, enjoy it. You Look, we may not have won another national championship next year. I think this team will be loaded again. You know, it's all about the quarterback play and what burning can do and what you're going to have to do to replace some guys that are leaving. But what's important and what you need to remember is, yes, if you want a national championship – I don't know if you'll ever have a better season than what we had. I don't know if you'll ever have a quarterback that throws 60 touchdowns in the air again at LSU. You might. Look, I I may be wrong. Miles Burnham may throw 65 next year, and I'll eat crow. You know, I'm not saying he's not going to right now, but what I'm saying is the season was special, and it wasn't just what you had in a guy in Joe Burrow. It's what you had in a guy in Ed Ogeron, a guy that, look, I'll admit it, when he was hired, I was thinking, you know, you heard that, Aliva thought that you had the next, the next, um, uh, now Urban Meyer and a guy in Tom Herman. How do you let that guy go away? You know, that was my thought to Texas, a, a team that is churning down, doesn't have everything that LSU has. And it's like, you know, no one was calling O'Geron. Well, I am so glad that no one was calling O'Geron because LSU got the coach they needed. And not only that, you got a guy that loves the university. Look, if, if Ogeron was at USC, yeah, look, he might have won a national championship. But the place he wanted to be was in Baton Rouge. He wanted to win for the state because that's what LSU did. They won for the state. And look, Josh, uh, it's been an incredible season. I'm glad you've been here with us. I'm glad that we could have covered it for y'all. We appreciate everyone that supports the podcast. But I'll end on this note. One, make sure you follow Josh on Twitter at LSU Truth. Since his last Twitter account got hacked, uh, no longer follow that LSU f truth. Follow the one. <laughs> All the Primetime Podcast on Twitter if you don't as well, at primetime underscore pod. But, Josh, uh, I'll end it on this. I'm going to go, and I'm going to enjoy a ham sandwich tonight. Maybe eat a <laughs> link of ham, and I'll be drinking a Pedialyte. But y'all enjoy this week. Go to the parade. It starts around. The music center on Dalrymple and it'll go down to the PMAC and they'll have the championship celebration in there. But you'll have a great week. We'll be back with y'all next week. We'll start talking some basketball as LSU basketball team. Hey, they're undefeated in SEC play. Watch out for that. And baseball is 30 days away. But you'll have a great week. As always, God bless and go, Tiger. (laughs) Get the gag, get the gag, get Till the tenth wall pass <laughs> it, till the tenth wall pass it. Get the gag, get the gag, get the gag. Till the twelve wall pass it, till the twelve wall pass it. Get the gag, get the gag, get Till the thirteenth pass it, till the thirteenth pass it. Get the gag, get the gag, get the gag. Till the seventeenth pass it, till the seventeenth pass it. Get the gag, get the gag, get the gag. Till the big man pass it, till the big man pass it. Get the gag.